When a man enters into service of God, serving Hashem, I'm just going to translate it as Avadat Hashem at this point, because everyone knows what that is. To serve Hashem. The way is that, like, the way that they show him is that they show him rejection. What happens is that the second a person enters into Avadat Hashem, and by the way, this is not referring to someone who's entering into service of God for the first time. Funny enough, I were just telling you that you have to read um, the fir- one of the first verses of Shema, which speak about um, that Hashem commanded you on this day, right? Uh, that I command on you this day. Why did it say Hayom? Because when Hashem was telling us in that verse, it wasn't on that day that Hashem gave it to Allah. So what's going on here? Why is Hashem telling us on that day? So Rabbi Yosef Karo and Shulchan Aruch writes that you have to make the Torah precious in your eyes. Meaning, the second, you, you can't read that verse and think of it that you've already read it 10 times or 50 times or 100 times because you say it all the time. You have to read it as if it's brand new. So here he's saying, a person enters into Abu Dhabi, but don't think that a person entering into Abu Dhabi for the first time and then 10 years on, he's not entering into Abu Dhabi, he's already in it. No, you're entering into Abu Dhabi every single day. Every level you want to grow forward and progress, you're entering into Abu Dhabi. Sure. So this is a reference to every single person, no matter where he's on, which level, tzaddik or not tzaddik, because, yeah, a person who's done this a thousand times might know this concept, but you have to reapply it all the time. To new things. To new things. So, because you're constantly progressing, so the next level is brand new. It's a new world completely. You're a brand new person the next day. You know many stories where the Ariza stood up for a person one day, um, he walked into a shul because he had a nation of a big tzaddik inside him, and then the next day he didn't stand up and he started cursing the person, not cursing, but like getting angry at the person and embarrassing him because he had the, the nation of a the next day. You're a completely new person, you know what I mean? So tomorrow is a new world completely. Don't think about the past, don't think about the future you have right now. Right now you're entering the Dawah Hashem for the first time. And what's the path that they show him? They show him rejection. They throw him away. The second a person enters to serve God, what do they do? Rather than hug him, push him away. It's a very unique concept and it's pretty... Unfair. Yeah. But no. it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It seems like if I'm entering the path to God, I want to see God for the first time, God should open up. up Isn't it up kind of like how um, like you're supposed to say if someone's converting to tell them not to do it, to see if they really want it? Exactly. So this plays into the exact point of what it is. It's to build up your like your desire for the right. thing, right? It's exactly that. But we're gonna see how Rabbeinu takes us a different uh, path. It's it's that this concept, meaning that the rejection is only to bring you closer. And Rabbeinu is gonna explain this. But um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna build up the lesson. 
And by the way, each and every one of these words has meanings that we can't even understand. We're gonna explain it according to Pshat, simple level, because obviously, the way Rabbi Nathan wants us to understand this, and Rabbi Enu wants us to understand this, it is the level that we are on, and because we don't, we don't understand these complicated things, we explain it deep shit to it. So yeah, if you were to take apart the word derech, we know Rabbi Enu speaks about derech. Derech is to have a, a path, derech is a pathway of tshuva, it explains in lesson six. And derech is a combination of two types of mastery you have to have. You have to know how to move whenever you are feeling close to God, when you feel like you're doing a lot of good things and all that stuff, how to feel and react to that, and how to react whenever you feel like you're in the worst place on earth, when you're in the hell of hells, right? This is the derech that I'm speaking about here, especially. The derech is, uh, we know it's a big thought about this, the derech is gematria, numerical value 224, and there's two types of dekiyut, masteries, two types of perfection that Ramenu needs a person to have or any person must have to do tshuva, Rabbeinu says. Um, and obviously this is all speaking about tshuva, because the reason why you want to enter Tavalet Hashem is correct, this teshuva, right. to, to return to Hashem. Teshuva is tashuv hey. Either you're returning the hey, which is the, the, the hey and the shrina that's in the klipot, in the dust, all these holy forces that you drop because of your sins, you need to return them to Hashem. But all this stuff is, is obviously very esoteric. We're gonna, Try to do Yipshitu. But Derech, 224, right? And Baki, which means master, is the Gematri of Bet Kufyud, is 112. But because we said there's two types of mastery, which is mastery and running and returning, when you feel like you're close to Hashem, when you're running to Hashem, everything is going well, you're doing Mikveh, you're doing Tfilah, you're doing Khatot, everything, you have to make yourself humble. You have to realize Hashem is very far from you. This is one mastery. Second mastery is when you feel very far from you, Hashem is right next to you. It's a paradox. There's no way. <laughs> Meaning it's an infinite goal. No matter where you are, you have to be a Baki Baracha. You always have to go. Move forward. There's no staying in the same place. If you think you're close, the second you, you, you are sufficient with your level, it's finished. You're done. Where's the, where's the progression? The second you feel like you're far and you can't move, no, I shouldn't tell you, I'm with you. Come, let's walk together. I'm picking you up. This is the mastery you have to have. To give yourself the strength in both of those scenarios, because those are the only two scenarios you are ever in. You're either feeling good or feeling bad. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's no, you know what I mean. So you have to understand in which scenario to feel and how to apply that feeling, in, depending on what you're feeling. So, Rabbeinu said, "This is the derech." But what's he saying? This derech of tshuva. Now he's going to explain what you do whenever you feel very far. Now he's going to explain one of those paths. When you feel like you're being rejected, as if you're no one before Hashem. He's gonna explain how to feel like that. It's like almost one of the, the scenarios of both of those feelings that a person can get, the good or the bad, the, the feeling close or the feeling far. Now the man is gonna explain all about the, the feeling far and how to change that into feeling close. But this is a big secret. So I'm gonna explain this and how to get to that place. So they show him rejection. And it seems to him as if from up there, from Hashem, from Hashem and up there in the heavens, everyone is pushing him. No one wants him. They don't allow this person to enter into service of Hashem at all. He doesn't have, doesn't have a breath. You know what I mean? He can't, take, he can't even take a, a rest at the moment. He, he's, he's being pushed away. But is turning this around into positivity. He's saying, know that all of this dis distancing that you're feeling, all this rejection, this, this feeling that Hashem doesn't want you, is actually only, it's all it's all getting closer. Meaning the distancing in itself is the closeness. 
Rabbi said, like, you know, when you feel far from Hashem, Hashem is actually closer to you. The fact that you feel far is actually the fact, in reality, that Hashem is close to you. That's the most insane concept ever. It's, it's insane, but it mm-hmm. seems to you that Hashem is far, right? Hashem's not listening to my prayers. Every tefillah that I'm doing, Hashem's not answering me. I want to find a wife, Hashem's not answering me. I want to destroy this tava, this desire, Hashem's not answering me. I have a problem with Parasa, Hashem's not answering me. But the fact that you're doing all this effort and it feels to you as if Hashem is not there is proof that Hashem is right next to you. And it's saying, Kulol Kavut. It's actually all of this is Hit Kavut. It's getting closer to Hashem. All this, this, uh, what do you call it? This experience and this journey you're going through and these feelings of emotions is actually only to bring you closer. You're getting there. You know what I mean? Just wait. What is the Bible saying? You need lots and lots of strength, uh, great strength, in order not to fall up here in your mind. Because Rabbi was saying all the falls are not physicality, it's up here. This is the Hidush. That we think we fall, but actually, up here we fall. And because up here we've already given up, or because we feel far up here, we've already decided in our minds that Hashem is far away, that's what makes us fall into the, into the, into the problems. Because Ravenu says there's a sin, right? We do the sin, and Ravenu is going to explain later on in this lesson. What's bigger than the sin is the actual depression that you need afterwards. When you fall into sadness because of the fact that you feel far from Hashem, that's even bigger of a sin than the actual sin itself. Because that's going to break your connection completely. One sin can disconnect you a little bit, right? But the fact that you've already given up up here is the worst single thing possible. So, this is what he's saying, not to fall up here in your mind. Because that's where it all exists. It's all up here because, first off, the fact that, I'm going to get into later all about this stuff about all up here. We'll, we'll get to it and we'll explain it. Chad so never fall in your mind, God forbid. That when you see that years and many, many years and days have passed, that you are exerting lots of effort, in, great effort, in order to, to, to serve Hashem. And you still see that you're extremely far. You weren't allowed at all to enter into the gates of Tushan, meaning you feel like Hashem not letting you even have a moment of rest. You know what I mean? You're getting pushed away, and it's not like he's, uh, he's like, okay, he pushed you away once, and he's like, okay, come back. No, he's like, he's continuing to push you. You feel like, like bro, I don't want you to come into this party at all. Come. You're not allowed. <laughs> I don't yeah. want you. This person feels like that. He's speaking to us, obviously. And you haven't feel you feel like you haven't entered at all into the gates of holiness. Even the little things that you didn't feel like you've done nothing, or you feel like you haven't accomplished a single thing. Because you see within yourself that you're filled with lots of crudeness, thickness, gashmiut, materialism, heroin, thoughts, lots of confusions, distractions. You feel like you're filled with all these things that you're not even close to God. God doesn't want you, you don't know God, nothing going on. And all that you want to do in Avodat Hashem and, serve it, and to serve Hashem, to find God, is a Devash no matter what thing in holiness it is, whether it's a Tikkun Atari or a Mikveh or a Kibbut Avayim, honoring your parents, whatever it is, any single holy act, it feels, you feel as if God, no one allows you to do it. Hashem is not allowing you to do a single thing. And it seems to you as if God is not looking at you at all. 
God is letting Eve take his protection off you or his sight. You're doing everything as if no one's watching you. The end wants to clap and he doesn't want his service at all. So this is, you can interpret this in two ways, I think. The end you can interpret it in this idea that Hashem doesn't, you feel as if Hashem doesn't want your service. Or now you get to the point as if you don't even want to do anything at all. The end it seems to me that your service becomes nothing in your eyes. You don't want it. You've given up. It's finished. You fall into Yerush. It's a giving up. Because of the fact, why do you fall into this place where you get to this giving up? That you don't want your service at all? You don't even care about what you did before? That it doesn't matter? It's worth nothing? Because you see that you're screaming all the time. You're begging and you're pleading God. That Hashem helps you to get close to Him. Even so that you're screaming, you still see that you're far. So you give up. You feel like your prayers are worth nothing. Again, therefore, it seems to him that seems as if God is not looking at you and he's not turning to you at all, which means you feel like God doesn't exist. <coughs> and we all go through this. Because you feel as if God does not want you at all. Not your service, not you, not nothing that you have to do with. Nothing. So Ramenu is going to explain now how to repair this. Whether it's all of this that we just said, things similar to this, you need very great reinforcement. To strengthen yourself very, very much. Not to look at what I just told you at all. Don't look at this rejection that you're feeling at all. Don't pay attention to it. This is... Maybe the beginning. Of the this is what he's saying. The big sodas. Yeah. This is the so This is it. And we're gonna get the big sodas. We're gonna. This is just the beginning. Uh, don't pay attention. Just like you saw Hashem, and Hashem He's not gazing at him. He's not paying attention to him. It's like okay, look, I might be looking at you, but then I turn my face away. You know what I mean? Like I see you do a nice little mikveh. I'll give you a little candy, a nice little sign of me, but That's know, it. get away. Or maybe it's just that Hashem is looking at him. He's seeing all this and he's just standing there like a bystander. This is the way you feel. And this, so what's Ramenu saying? Don't look at this at all. Don't even think about this. Don't even fall into the up here in your confusions into the mind to think that God's showing you rejection. Don't let it get to your head. Keep it net because no, genuinely. All this rejection is actually all you get. This entire process of rejection is actually the fact that you're getting closer. And not only saying it is on the way to get closer, it is a journey on the way to get closer. It's all getting closer. Meaning when you're progressing forward, it's you getting closer. When you're actually being shown rejection, it's you getting closer. It's two different ways of Hashem showing that you're getting closer. But we have to program ourselves that when we're shown this rejection, it's not a rejection of the fact that you're far from Hashem. No. It's a rejection because this is a necessary part of the process. Why? That's for a different time. Why Hashem does this? It's what we were talking about, different lessons that Hashem says, to build up your ratzon, to get to the next level, right? These different things. But it's not important why he's doing that. All you need to know is that actually you're getting closer. And that's enough strength for a person to know this, that it's going to bring him back to life. Let's see where he goes. And all that we said about, 
All the tzaddikim went through this. Everyone. There's not one single tzaddik that did not go through this. Because Rabbeinu is saying, Korah tzaddikim. Every single tzaddik has gone through this. Rabbeinu himself. And Rabbeinu has stories in Sikhot Aran, who Rabbi Nathan writes, that Rabbeinu as a kid, <laughs> used to stop doing Yudhavadud someday because he felt as if, as if Hashem wasn't listening to him. And then Hashem, and then Rabbeinu used to convince himself by the end of a few days, he used to say, but Hashem, obviously he's listening to me. And even though it feels as if he didn't listen to me at all, I'm still going to go do it. So he used to convince himself in this manner um, to get back in that process of praying to Hashem and getting close to Hashem. Because Rabbeinu at points felt as if giving up because he felt that Hashem would not listen to anything he was doing. So Rabbeinu went through this also. Uh, as we heard from their mouths, these tzaddikim's mouths explicitly, that it seems to them as if Hashem is not looking at them and paying attention to them, turning to them at all. Because of the fact that they saw that for a long time that they've been seeking out and putting efforts and toiling and doing lots of Avodat Hashem to serve Hashem. They still see that for years they've been praying and doing all this stuff and they still see that they're, they're completely far. It's going to be for weeks, months, years, you know? That if the tzaddikim did not strengthen themselves and reinforce themselves not to pay attention to this rejection, meaning to go past this rejection, to continue doing what they're doing, they would have stayed in the initial place. They would have never moved. They wouldn't have become tzaddikim. They wouldn't have merited what they retained, what they merited. This is the, the ultimate phrase. And the, the main thing is like this, my beloved brother. And I was just, let's not even get started <laughs> on where that takes us. Exactly. And it's funny that we wanted to do this lesson because this is the point where I got to, into this lesson and I got very emotional. Because never have I ever seen a Nikodem Oran Rabbeinu use this language. Where now he transitions from this place of teaching to this place of I'm talking to you now. It's not before. It's like all this stuff is a lesson I'm giving it in front of many people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm a tzaddik. You know what I mean? Like there's a disconnect. The tzaddik and the talmid, right? There's all these lessons where Rabbi explains his grandeur, right? And yeah, he's explaining how we can get to that place and all this stuff how it's connected to me. But it never feels personal to the point where he's himself tapping you on the back and he's he's giving you a hug. This is the first place I've seen in Nikut Moran where Rabbi is changing the 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 way he's speaking, and now he's speaking directly to the person. Because he's saying, for a person that goes through all this rejection, what we've just read until now, the entire reason why he's falling there is because he has no chizuk, he has no reinforcement. He doesn't know how to lift himself back up. Rabbeinu is repairing everything with these three words, or two words, my beloved brother, because now I'm not a tzaddik anymore. I'm your brother. Say Achi, bro. That's a... I'm your brother. This is this is between me and you now. Yeah. This is. I'm telling you right now that whatever you're going through is actually because I went through it with you. I'm with you. I'm going to lift you up. We're going through this together. And not only that, he didn't say my brother. He said Ahuvi Achi, my beloved brother, which we're going to see maybe could be a, a little hint to later on, or at the end of the lesson. We're going to blow our minds also. It's okay. Rabenu is. It could be hinting to something with Ahuvi. Meaning, we need to, to find the love in this Avodat Hashem. We need to find back that simcha, that ahava, that we need to reignite within ourselves. Not this brainwashed, 
or this this habitual sort of avodat Hashem, or now you feel so depressed that you're just doing it because like this. You need to reignite that fire, that love for it. And now the is telling you that I'm going to give you that love. I'm your brother and I love you. Chazak And these are the same words that is brought in the Petek. Chazak Be very strong and courageous. We know the story of the Sabbath, when Sabbath broke the fast on Shiva Sabbath Tamu. And six days later, he opened up the book of the Likud Yalachot. And he lands on a page about Tfilin, Hashkam HaKaboker, in Likud Yalachot. And he sees the note fall out. And after the entire, whatever, how long it went, he picks up the note and he sees this note. And for the first time, after six days or after years, where he feels his service is getting better, but he's still weak, the entire town is against him, his family is against him, he's been kicked out. It's only him, his wife, against the entire world. And it's him, Rabenu, <laughs> it's Hashem, and everyone's against him. There's no one in the world that can, that can give him strength at this point. And he just broke Shiva Sabbath, he's feeling depressed, it said he wanted to bury himself in his own grave. Six days later, he gets a note, and what did it say? And media, I got my precious student, right? Rabbeinu is explaining to him, like, you're my student, right? This is very unique. Rabbeinu is explaining to you, you're my brother. Same. It's, it's very weird, you know what I mean? I, I've never, there's something very unique about this phrase that I've never looked through all the Yikudah Mokhan, Rabbeinu will never, ever explain in this sort of language where he now is speaking direct, okay. direct this yeah. person. Or, even Achi or Ahuvi Achi. This I've never heard of in my entire life. And I don't know if it ever comes up at the end. I haven't studied the end of the lesson. But this is unique. This is Chidush. Complete Chidush. Chazak Stay strong and courageous. Be very strong and courageous. This is Chazak Be very strong and courageous in your service. It's the same. Inyan. Saba went to this place of depression where he felt as if Hashem was rejecting him completely. Making you fall into the fast. You know what I mean? Breaking the fast. And we're going to see that it wasn't Sabbath's fault why he fell into the fast. How? I mean, we're going to explain at the end a chidush like you've never heard before in your life. Sometimes Hashem makes you fall. It's not your fault. Stop. <laughs> wow. We'll explain that. This is the proof in it. But now Rabenu is explaining because sometimes when you fall, it's not you at all. It's Hashem that's doing it on purpose. And that distancing that he's making you that fall that you feel far from Hashem is actually... His intention to get you closer. How? Who knows? It's God's plan, right? But you have to accept it. Now I'm going to explain to you, my beloved brother. Stay strong in your service. Because I'm explaining to you at the place of, now there's no statuses. I went through the same thing you went through, and now I'm putting myself in your shoes. You and I. Now obviously the tzaddik is so big that he can descend himself to this place of brother where he can get to this place where he speaks to you as if it's me and you, yeah. best friends. Sometimes Rabbi Nathan felt this place where Rabbi used to wrap his arm around Rabbi, Rabbi Nathan and speak to him as if he was his best friend. And sometimes Rabbi, Rabbi Nathan embarrassed Rabbi Nathan in front of everyone, obviously for reasons only Rabbi Nathan can understand. There's differences, you know what I mean? There's different times. This is a very unique time. Stay strong and hold on to yourself with all your force to stay strong and to stay, maintain your, your service. Don't give up. Don't pay attention and don't look at all that we said about this rejection and all things similar to this rejection that you feel. And if you're very, very far from Hashem, Rabbeinu doesn't usually repeat words like that unless it's very important. Very, very much. And we know by the way, 
is, um, we know in, in the Midrash, is a reference to the Yetzirah. Um, uh, there's a Pasuk in the Rashid that God saw that, um, I think about one of the days that He created, one of the six days of creation, so that was very good. Very unique. I think it could have been a reference to the third day or something. But, Me'od, Bereshit Rabbah, the Midrash says, Me'od, Yetzirah. Me'od, it's a reference to Yetzirah. You could feel that you're so far from Hashem. Me'od, Me'od. Not only do you envelop in Yetzirah and one covering, you have two. It's like almost like a Hastara Shebetok Hastara. You feel so far from Hashem that you're like in a place where you don't even want Him. It's like, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be conscious of Hashem. I don't want any of this. You feel completely far. You feel like the Yitzhak has attacked you not once or twice. You know what I mean? All this stuff. I don't know. This is maybe. But there's, there's much to there. You know what I mean? Rabbi Nuzan just explaining me'od, me'od for some reason. When he's repeating the word, it's very intentional. Like, I mean, Nathan's writing this obviously with all the intentions in mind. Um, and it seems to you as if you're blemishing and sinning at every single moment next to God, this is in a place where a person can feel depressed. And you feel as if every single moment you're sitting next to Hashem. In Korze, can it exist? Even with all of what we just mentioned, did I know this? A man like this, that he's so enveloped in materialism, right? He's so entrenched in this physicality. Every single movement and shift that he detaches himself from, a little bit, just a little bit, me'at me'at, a little, little bit from his physicality, and with that detachment, he moves close to Hashem, just turning to Hashem a little bit, not close, turning, just a little turn. It's very great and very, very precious. And even a very small point, that he detaches himself from his from the Gashmiut of this world, from the physicality of this world, to get close to Hashem. He runs and he runs for however many thousands of Parsaot. A Parsa is around four kilometers, I think. Four kilometers or two kilometers, I forgot. It could be two kilometers. Imagine. Thousands and thousands of Parsaot, this sort of measurement, in the supernal world. Already, this is a very unique because it doesn't really make sense to describe uh, a physical distance in a place yeah, right. where there's no physicality at all. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So, what's Hamemu saying? <laughs> it's very weird. Right. This is probably a reference to a later lesson, or not a lesson, a parable Hamemu asks us to look at. At the end of this lesson, it has to do with the tzaddik, or it's actually at the end here. It has to do with the tzaddik that uh, gets very sad, but um, how he picks himself back up, and how when he picks himself back up, he ends up feeling as if he he's slowly detaching himself from this world, and he gets to a place where he's running thousands of paths out. This specific measurement that he mentions again in that story, in the upper world, and he sees that he's moving from place to place to place to place, and when he gets back into this world. He sees he hasn't even moved himself an inch from the place that he's standing. Even maybe just he moved the hair's breadth, which is coming to show us something very big. Rabban was saying, even if you just make, you move a toe in this world in Avodat Hashem of service of God, you just lift up a finger to open up this book, 
because you want to pick it up and then you close it after because you don't feel the strength. Just the fact that you moved your hand is moving thousands and thousands of miles for a person who's so far from Hashem. Or for a person who feels as if he's completely entrenched in materialism and all these things that he's suffering with. Just the fact that he opened up the book or just made a movement like this. He didn't move from his space. He maybe moved the hair's breadth with his finger, right? But Rabbi was saying he moved thousands and thousands of universes. <laughs> no, already the fact that we're sitting down here and we're looking at the lesson and we're trying to discover what Rabbi was telling us is already, we can't even imagine thousands of universes. It's above that. You know, I mean, we can't imagine the reward of, forget the reward, on, yeah. the movements that were going on up there. Because down here it feels like as if we're doing nothing, but it's all to It's maybe the match that you miss, and then the tire starts. Exactly, it's just everything down here is this this small thing, but we don't know how to take take it like and to make it a big thing. This is why Rabenu is going to explain at the end of the lesson. It's also very connected. This idea of finding your good points, because the second you focus on your good points and you remind them to Hashem, Hashem, this morning I put on a kippah. This morning, Hashem Ibarach, I put on a pete. This morning, I put on a tzitzit. This morning, Hashem Ibarach, I made a bracha, I put on a tzitzit. These small things are not small at all. But because we don't pay attention to them, we don't feel as if we're moving. But Hashem is telling us, every small thing, you have to start off anew. Shadam nichnas babalat Hashem, when you're entering. Understand that you're entering it every single day, every single moment. Chavanu said a person sometimes has to restart anew many times a day. There's many days in a day. We don't realize how this works, but Rabbi is saying, start anew, start again, start fresh. 20 years passed, who cares? Start again right now. You only have right now. And this is what Rabbi was saying, you know? He's telling us, gather up your strength, gird your, gird your loins, and you know, pick yourself back up because you're moving thousands of universes just by small things. And you feel like you haven't even moved. Instead, he comes back to the initial place, he hasn't even moved from the spot. And yet he's breaking boundaries and universes and all this stuff. Parsa also can come from the word perusa. I think Bechitza um, perusa, it's like a divided boundary or something like that. I, I remember reading this in another lesson. It's meaning even just your running can break through barriers up there in the world that we can't even understand. You're breaking through things you can't even imagine, just by small things. But understand you're breaking through obstacles and barriers and you're going through this obstacle course that no one can go through, but you're doing that just by small things, small little things. We have to appreciate the small mitzvah that we do. And a mitzvah is not one of the 613, by the way. Rabbeinu says a mitzvah is any single good act. So a mitzvah can be saying hi to a person. There's no mitzvah in the Torah saying you can say hi. But the fact that you gave this person a smile could be making thousands sure. of movements up there. You actually have no idea. You know? Who, who knows? As you understand very well from the story of the tzaddik who had sadness overcoming, which we were just talking about. As it's brought by us in the story, it's a story that, it's one of Rabbeinu's parables. At the end of Sipolim Matziot, he gave it small stories, you know what I mean? Take that, um, and this is one of them. But this Tzadik picked himself back up by slowly focusing on good things, you know what I mean? And the, the thing that Tzadik picked himself back up was with was that rather than focus on the good things that he did, because he could always find in ulterior motives and bad things within him, he focused on what Hashem did, which is that Hashem created you. He didn't create you a goy, he didn't create you this person who's bad. You know what I mean? He created you the way you were. And you are accomplishing things that he wants you to do. 
But the fact that Hashem created you a Jew already shows the fact that Hashem's act was perfect. You can always rely on the fact that when Hashem created you, it was perfect. Because God, there's no, there's no imperfection at all. So you can always rely on the idea that when Hashem created you, it was with complete perfect intention. You know what I mean? There was no flaw in that at all. And with that, he became very happy. And the Amen says sometimes if a person can't even find within himself good points that he did, does, which is important to do, like finding the good thing that you did, the acts that you did, you can always rely on the fact that you were born a Jew or that you're a Yehudi, that you have a spark of a Nishama. Because that Nishama within you is Hashem. It is Hashem. But like Amen said, the Tzadik exists in every one of you. You know what I mean? The Tzadik is not this concept of Rabbeinu and then the rest are just, uh, you know? You have Rabbeinu in you, you have Rabbeinu in you. It's right here. I have Rabbeinu in you. Yeah, I have Rabbeinu in me. Exactly, it's right here. But you have to bring it out. And obviously it all comes through the Tzadik. The Tzadik helps you bring out the Tzadik within you because you have the faithful shepherd within each and every one of us. Moshe Rabbeinu exists in each and every one of us. But we have to bring it out. And how do you do that? With a good point. Finding the good, finding the good, finding the good. But the good thing exists. I remember there's another lesson where we explained how to bring out the Tzadik, but... The simcha within each and every Jew is his neshama, it's his good point, it's the point that Hashem made him. There's no flaw in that. So you can always be happy by the fact that Hashem made you a Jew. And the fact that He made you a Jew is because He saw something in you that He saw in no one else. That in itself is, you can, it can make you survive for, for years forever. and years, forever. Yeah. There's, no, there's no end to that. Because God's simcha, the simcha of finding the perfection that Hashem took, took and paid attention to you, is, is everything in the world, you know? Um, and, and with this you'll become very happy and you'll strengthen yourself with great joy joy that's constant forever because know that sadness is a very great damager it damages completely when a man immediately wants to enter into the service of God immediately he it's a very big sin that he has depression. Because what are we saying? The second a man wants to enter Tabakat Hashem, the first thing they show him is rejection. So if you fall into depression, you're just falling into the Yetzara. You're falling into exactly what the Yetzara wants you to do. It's a very big sin. But, you, but nobody wants to be the depression. No, no, you're right. So, you know what I mean? But it doesn't exist. There's no control. But it doesn't exist. Correct. Exactly. Meaning, the fact that you're being depressed over something that it's an illusion, completely. Rabbeinu <coughs> said, It seems to him. It seems to him. It's not real. Because he's saying, There's no such thing as rejection. It doesn't exist. Rejection, it, it doesn't fall into this at all. It's only getting closer. All these feelings and these emotions are getting rejection. It's actually, the Yitzhak is disguising to feel as if you're far from Hashem. But it's not. You're actually close. So the fact that you're getting depressed is because you believe in the Yitzhara, not the Yitzhara Tov. You believe that you're far from Hashem when Rabbeinu is telling you you're close. Because we don't believe that Rabbeinu is saying that you're close. Now that we know this, the second we feel rejection when we're getting close to Hashem, because Hashem doesn't allow us to do this, you know what I mean? Or oh, it's over. Lesson 48. Boom. Done. 100%. Because the second we realize that we're actually close, is the second we can dance and sing and clap our hands forever. It's finished. The job is done. It's only because we believe the Yitzhara is... It's right that we get to the breast. But now that Rabbeinu said the Yitzhah never wins, as long as you're searching for Hashem and you want to get close, because he's saying, the second a person enters Abu Hashem, it could be a tzaddik, it could be a person who just started, right? But he's entering Abu Hashem. 
Second, you enter Avodat Hashem. What's, what's a person who's entering Avodat Hashem? He wants to see Hashem. He's getting closer to Hashem. His intentions are to find God, right? Which means, already from the initial point, all the rejection that you're getting in the thing is only because of your good motives in the, in the first place. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have felt that type of rejection or stuff if you never started in the first place, right? You're only getting this rejection because you started to serve God, because you started to find Hashem, because you started to say thank you to Hashem, because you started to read both of those, right? Which means, how does it make sense that you're starting to get close to God and now you feel rejection? Which means it's not a rejection at all. The moment you say to Hashem, Hashem, I'm ready to be close to you. I want to start doing mincha every single day. I want to start doing avid, or I want to start speaking to you. The second you start making a step and a progression forward of saying, Hashem, now I want to get close to you. Or to make that decision in your head that now I want to, to make that step forward closer to Hashem. At that moment on, all the rejection you're feeling, you know, it's all rooted in Emet and it's all rooted in closeness to God. It's just part of the process. But just be the simcha because that simcha in itself is proof that you believe that you're getting close to Hashem. Second, you fall into, into depression is because you believe that Yitzhara is winning when in truth, there's no Yitzhara at all. You're only getting closer and your intentions are good. So how can my intentions be good and me feel far because my intentions are good? It doesn't make sense. I'm really explaining, pick yourself back up because know that you're a good person and that your intentions are good and that everything, the journey that you're going on through now from the beginning to the end of your life, as long as you you make a decision in your head that you want to be close to God or that you're, there's a chipus, there's a search for Hashem. Second you start searching, it's finished. It's a That's it. Done. Done. This is what Saba said. The second you can, the second you fall into chipus, the second you fall into the category of I'm searching for God, right? Or I'm moving forward to God. Um, or I'm searching for the truth, right? Or I'm embedded with myself, I'm honest with myself. I want to get close to Hashem and I know how far I am, right? But I still want to get close. Even the falls that you endure after that don't mean Hashem like everything. It's, 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 it's something you thing it's hard it's hard to say that because it's saying that there's no responsibility. Yeah, it's hard to say that exactly. It's hard to say because you can just be like, oh it's all part of the But it only on the condition that, that the intention that your was entire part. intention was that you only want to get close yeah, to Hashem. Yeah. So you're going to pick you're going to hit yourself whenever you're not doing things right, right? right. But you cannot let that get to your head and to tell you to fall to the place of where I cannot pick myself back up now or that Hashem is not close to me. Hashem is always close to you as long as you want to be close to him. And then how do you stay accountable? You're always accountable. All the actions that you're not doing, you realize you're far from Hashem, right? The fact that... But knowingly doing something is premeditated. Yeah, meaning the entire condition of what we're speaking about is that the fact that you only want to get close to it. So the fact that you're saying, um, now I'm going to sin but they're not responsible for it, is already with an ulterior motive that exactly. you don't want to get close to God. Exactly, so it's bad. No, that, 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 that's not emet. We're saying the entire condition has to be emet. Meaning, your search is for Hashem. I just want to be close to God. I don't care about my own Abba. Forget my own Abba for a second. In this world, I just want to take the Simcha and the Mitzvah to dance. I want to put on my tefillin and dance with my tefillin. So who can take that from me? Yeah. yeah. You know? And when you're at that point where you want to be with Hashem, just be with Hashem. You know? To go with the Torah and the Mitzvot and to realize that yes, you might be far, but you just want to be next to Him. The journey is the journey is in God's hand. That's it. Don't worry. Don't go into the Bilburim. And I was talking to someone today, and he gave me a tremendous chizuk. And funny enough, it fit perfectly into this lesson. Is that we cause ourselves our own damage up here. 
That's why he says, don't fall in your head, in your mind. Because it's all up here. It's all an illusion. The Yitzhak is trying to convince you that you're not close, but it's all up here. You are close. Because your search from the beginning was with that point that you wanted to be close to Hashem. It was immense. There's nothing wrong about it. It's just you want to be close to Hashem. There's no flaw. See? So that's, on that condition that you want to be close to Hashem, that you're searching, the rest is in Hashem's hands. That doesn't take care of it. Everyone, everyone will fall. Yes, you have to be accountable. You have to tell it yourself. This is not right because the Alakha says I shouldn't do this, right? So yeah, I didn't do this right. But Hashem, I want to be close to you. Hashem's not going to, Hashem is not a dictator. We know in the Gemara, but like, ah, Hashem is not, not rule with tyranny over his, his creatures. He understands, you know? All we have to do is have the Hatsun, the desire to be close to Hashem. That's all our job. Uh, we're just flipping the pages. You know what I mean? It's like when you're in prayer, our job is not to, to speak the words. The words are from the Neshama. They're our tefillot. And I was listening to Abik Hidush on, on Shabbat, a, a big breast lover. Paul and I were, were talking with uh, this big breast lover. Is it about listening? Listening to the words you're praying, right? Yeah. Our job is to listen. It's, the words are from our Neshama. They, yeah. they don't belong to us. We're not talking. We're not talking. It's Hashem speaking from within us. Because it's the Nishama that's screaming out to Hashem to pray. When we're doing Shacharit, to listen to the words. I'll sing to God with my little bit. When we're listening, we shouldn't, we shouldn't just say the words in, in like this. We listen to the words you're saying. Our job is to listen. So with Bikhidush, that's something that I, that I, took, a lot, I took a lot of Kizuk and reinforcement from because a lot of the time we get so sophisticated. Our job is just to to want the good thing and just to move forward. Do our best. That's it. Do our best. It's very simple. Do your best. And <laughs> continues. Rabbeinu says it's a very big sin to fall into atvud sadness. Because atvud sadness, depression, is the yitzah, it's the evil side. They're the one and the same thing. hates this thing. He hates it. He hates sadness. Don't think that there's a good place of sadness, dep depression specifically. A broken heart is different. A broken heart is this broken heart that I feel far from Hashem, but I want to get close, right? There's the want that's still there. Depression is that you forget the want. The ratzon is gone. So that's different. Different completely. <laughs> Two different sides. One is very precious. Broken heart is very precious, meaning Hashem, I know I did this. But you have to explain the things that you do wrong, you know? Yeah, confession. It's confession, but it's... A confession from the place of I want to get better. Advut is depression to the place where you can't move. Done. I, I feel give up. I give up. That's the worst. That's the worst. It's a fine line. It's a very fine line, but this is why Rabbanu said you have to do the simcha all the time. Because with simcha, with broken heartedness, it can easily lead into depression. If you stay in that, that constant... Yeah, that's why you have to dip quick. Yeah, that's why you do your Yibodadut. And after your it, you... You, know, you find your good points specifically. At the end of the Yibodadut, always find the good. Hashem, today, I did Yibodadut. I sat down and I set the time to speak to you. Today, Hashem, I put on Tfilin. Not only did I put on Tfilin, I did an extra Tfilin today. You know what I mean? Dipshitu, it's simple. You know what I mean? And go into it. Find, find the good points. And at the end of all that, Hashem, you made me a Yere. That's it, it's finished. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's done. Yeah. done. Finished. Rabbi was going to find something huge. A person must be 
a stubborn-necked person in serving God. You have to be stubborn. Not to move from your place. Meaning, the Israel is going to try to push you back. No, I'm standing firm. What does that mean? Not to move from your place. Meaning, the little avodat Hashem that you began to do, meaning, don't, don't regress from that little thing you began starting, no matter what happens to you. Continue. Just continue doing you. Don't pay attention to the rejection of you. Remember this thing very, very well. You'll need this very much. When you begin a little bit to serve God, because you need a great, a very, very great stubbornness to be strong and courageous. Stubborn. Don't let the Yitzhak push you. Don't let your parents push you. Don't let your... Uh, your your this or that, even your wife at one point. You know what I mean? It's all it's all to the thing. You have to be in your head deciding that's me and Hashem. You know what I mean? Everything is for me and Hashem. Every single act, everything. So even if your wife's gonna push you back, when I got an extreme example, even if your your father, your mother, your father-in-law, right? I mean, not that went through all of this. Father-in-law, wife, they were all pushing him away from the tzaddik. He said no. Rabbi who wanted to teach him Mishnayot for the first time. Mishnah is like the first thing you study when you're in kindergarten, you know? Um, and Rabbi Nathan already knew Mishnah of cold. He knew the Gemara already by the age of 30, 13 and everything. He was going to be Dayan, head judge of over 70 provinces in Ukraine. I think already at one point he was already doing that with his father-in-law. Our father-in-law appointed him. He came to Rabbi for the first time and Rabbi gave him a book called Shitre Ariza, Praises of the Ariza. Read books of stories of the Ariza. Stories of the Ariza. Rabbi was teaching him, I need you to be my student. I need you to be the Rabbi Chaim Vital of the Ariza. Understand what it means to be a student of the, of the Tzadik. This is your next role. Not only that, he gave him Mishnayot to study every day. Mishnayot, kindergarten thing. We start from the beginning. 18 Mishnayot a day. And when his father-in-law sees Rabbi Nathan studying Mishnayot, Who's this person that gave you Mishnayot? You're Rabbi Nathan of Chesed. You're, you're Bedin, you're Ab Bedin. You're studying Mishnayot? You know what Rabbi Nathan said? I start over with Aleph Bet. I don't even know what Aleph Bet is anymore. I start over. That's why Rabbi Nathan is Rabbi Nathan. Because everything we know of Rabbeinu, everything we can know of Rabbeinu is only when we forget everything that we thought we knew. Forget everything you think you know. Forget Aleph Bet. Forget that Aleph is Aleph. Forget that Bet is Bet. Second you start with Rabbeinu, Become fresh. It's like the tzaddik Rabbi Zera who went uh, from Babel to Eretz Israel. He moved from Iraq, uh, Iraq to Israel. This was thousands of years ago, the time of Marah, and uh, he, he fasted forty days to forget the Talmud Babli, to forget the, to the the Gemara that he had studied. He fasted forty days to forget the Torah. People today are fasting forty days to remember Talmud Babli. He's fasting forty days to forget, because when you get to Eretz Israel, it's a Torah of the Geula, the redemption. Babel, in Iraq, there's machloket, there's argument, there's no shalom. He understood that to get to Eretz Yisrael, you have to forget everything you know and to start over. This is the biggest principle. When you come to Rabbeinu, the tzaddik I met, who is Eretz Yisrael, you have to forget everything you think you know. All the things that I think I know, that I should do this and this thing, all the Gemara that I thought I knew before I studied Rabbeinu, that I, you know what I mean, that I thought I knew this Gemara, brachot, start over. I, I don't know it. Show it again. I mean, I didn't know what Aleph and Aleph is. Beth and Beth. You know what I mean? All this stuff. 
but even places in, in Nikut Arachot, Nikut Amoran, the original, the original books, you know, that they, they wrote things a little differently. And we were talking about this yesterday on Shabbat, that they, the gra- grammatical, the punctuation and stuff like that could be off in, uh, in the way, in the Hebrew language, you know what I mean? There's, there's some inconsistencies. But Rabbeinu knew that. He's obviously writing something very differently. He's not putting above here and he's putting above there. An accident. Not by accident, clearly. I mean, not the same thing. We have to understand this and we have to believe that when they're writing this, they're, they're doing this exactly because they know exactly what they're doing. And we have to be here, the Emunah. And when we have that Emunah, we can attain their levels. Rabinathan said, You know how to become like Rabenu? And I felt as if I was on the shoulder of a giant. The way we become Rabenu, because Rabenu said, I want my students to become Kamoni Mamash, like me. Literally. There's no difference between me and my students. How? When you realize that there's, that I don't know Rabbeinu. The second you realize that you don't know Rabbeinu, the second you realize you don't know anything, is the second you can take in everything that Rabbeinu is. Because you make yourself a vessel that's completely empty. Rabbeinu fills up everything. Hashem will fill you up with all His light. And the second Hashem fills you up with all His light, there's no, there's no me thinking here. There's no one drop in the glass in the vessel that is from me. It's all from Hashem. Which means you're going to be a, a vessel for God's light. This is why Rabbi Nathan became the student of Rabbeinu because he was the moon. The moon reject, it reflects all the light from the sun. The moon has no, no light of its own, it's poor. The lit Rabbi Gaomakrum has nothing of its own. This is Rabbi Nathan. Rabbi Nathan, when he started with Rabbeinu, had nothing of its own. This is Rabbi Nathan, this is Rabbeinu. So, Rabbeinu was saying like this you need to be very stubborn to be strong and courageous, to hold on to yourself. To, to grab on, maintain his position. Even if they make him fall. See the, see the language here? It's not even if you fall. Even if they up there make you fall. Why they? Singular. So that's a good question also. Could be maybe Hashem and the Tzaddik. It's crazy. The Tzaddik and Hashem both want you to fall because they both have a they're both in, the, in this plan that they need you to they need you to follow. So the Tzaddik just wants what Hashem wants. So exactly. Hashem wanted you to win, he'd also... Totally. But they're, they're in this partnership right now. And also we know in the Gemara that Hashem doesn't do anything in this world without consulting the Tzaddik. In fact, when he created the world, in Sefer Aminot, Rabbeinu writes, Hashem consulted all the Tzaddik before he created the world. To ask for permission. Rabbeinu wants that. When Hashem wants to execute something, he also asks Rabbeinu permission. Very unique concept. Craziest thing ever yeah, obviously, because Alameinu knows from his mind that exactly what Hashem wants. Because he's Emet Lamito, he's the truth of Hashem's truth. He's the ultimate truth of Hashem. Alameinu is the, the single point at the beginning of time that Hashem had that, that was, you know what I mean? That, that was it. That was it. That, that was the, you know what I mean? What he wanted, initially. Before it became this confusion of whether I should create the world, man's gonna sin or not, all this stuff. Before that, at the beginning of time, this entire concept of tshuva, that everything is for the best, you know what I mean? This is all the tzaddik. Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu is at that place. Rabbeinu is, um, so this is what, I don't know what the language of the day is. It could be this in or it could be the malachim and Hashem. You know? Who, who knows? But there's some things going on up there. The bedi, mapirin, the bedi, when they sign something, they are decreeing it. Who knows? But Hashem is making you fall up there. And this is the, the unique thing of Rabbeinu. When you really take the words of Rabbeinu 
and you begin to look at the punctuation and the grammar of what he's saying. It's precise. It's not afim nafal. You know what I mean? Even if he fell. It's afim mapininato. Even if they make you fall. Because they are making you fall. But you're not realizing. You think it's you. It's not you at all. Because your initial intention was completely good. You only want the best. You only want to get close to Hashem. You only want to jump over all these desires, right? So they're making you fall. All the time. Not just once. Many, many times. Every single time you want to enter a Because look at this. Because it is... Because there are times that they make him fall from his Avodat Hashem. Kayadua, as is known in, uh, with regard to David HaMelech, with Bathsheba, and lots of things like this. That we can't understand why David fell because it's a very unique concept. It's something unique. Just know it's, it's all for to get you closer. That's all you need to know. Even so, it's upon you to do what you're your only responsibility is like this. The fall is, is out of your hand because you only want the best. But your responsibility is how you react. I want to get still closer. I don't want to stop because I fall. They tested me. What happened after you fall? Am I going to stay in the same place? And I'm going, am I going to regress? I have one foot inside the door of holiness. Am I going to step back and completely leave? Or am I going to continue doing forward what I'm doing? Going to the mikveh once in a week or you know what I mean? Doing what I'm doing, not getting discouraged. To do what you're able to do in Abu Hashem. Don't let yourself fall completely. Because all these falls, these descents, these confusions, and all these things that are fall in this category, you need and you're obligated to go through these things. Before you enter the gates of Kedusha, holiness. And all the true tzaddikim went through this. I know like this. There's a person who's literally right next to the door of holiness. He's about to enter. All the lights about to shine on him. He's about to get the chokhmah. He's about to get everything. He's about to see Hashem with his own eyes. And he ends up walking back. Because of the confusions that are plaguing him in his mind. Because of the rejection. He's getting to his head. And because of the rejection, he leaves he's far. He falls. He leaves. Or she'azayim. Or that then, when he's right next to the opening, the Yitzhara gets stronger sometimes. And it continues to instigate against him very much. Hashem, have mercy. telling you that right when you're next to it, you're going to see a Yitzhara that's so big right next to you. They don't allow you to, to enter to the gates, right? They're not letting you. It's blocked. You cannot get to them. The door is locked. Well, that's the way it feels, right? Because of this, he goes back. But it's not going back, falling. What we say going back is after the fall, how you react. Because we know we always fall. There's no such thing as like this. There's this, this, this. Yeah. How do you react after you fall? Am I going to still try? I did a sin, right? Am I going to still do mincha? Or am I, do I give up because Hashem doesn't want my mincha? See the difference? A true chassid is someone who understands, a true student of Amenu is someone who understands that even after the fall, no, that's when Hashem wants my feet out right now. Because that's the entire test. Am I proving to Hashem that the Yetzirah is right that I've fallen? 
Or am I proving to Hashem that actually I'm actually getting closer because of the fact that I fell? You could use it into, yeah, it's crazy. You could either, you're going to fall. You can either fall and do the second sin or you can fall and get, make it even Repair bigger. it in Tavitah. Yeah, That's what we're going to say. This is the biggest in here. Because it's the path of the, the way of the Yetzara and the, the evil side is that when they see a person, he's next to, next to, literally. He's one foot in the door, the next minute, he's about to enter into the path of holiness, he's about to have all the white shine on He's about to get illuminations from, from Atsilu, you know what I mean? That's where the second before is about to be crazy. Second before, it's, that's where it gets harder. It's like the, the light is, the night is darkest before the dawn, right? This is <laughs> It's the same idea, they get it from this. Why? He's about to enter. Overcomes this person with all its strength very, very much. God forbid. Therefore, you need to gather up all your strength again. Strength uh, strengths again. And we heard from a true tzaddik that said, that if one person had told him, no matter what had happened, um, um, at the time where he was starting in Abadah Hashem, at the beginning, the tzaddik is saying, if someone told me at the beginning of my Abadah Hashem, when I was going through all this suffering, these confusions and this rejection, what we just said, all this stuff, if a person would have told this tzaddik, my brother, why my brother? Ramenu has a very unique inyan with my brother. Oh, my brother. It's not for his health. It's not, <laughs> it's not for his health. It's a very precise thing. Strengthen and hold on to yourself. I would have run and been very quick to, to, to enter into God's service. I would have done everything. Because upon this study too, all of what we just said happened. History repeated. And what happened? What was the problem? He didn't hear one reinforcement from any single person. This is what Abedu said, I wish I had a teacher like me. Uh, you guys, you students are lucky because I wish I had a teacher like me. Who gives chizuk to his students. Because this is the entire point. It's not about the fall. It's about the chizuk that you pick yourself back up from that fall. That's the reparation of everything. That turns the sins into mitzvah. That turns all those falls into a sense. It's when you hold on to yourself and you scream, Hashem, where are you? Because you haven't given up. What's this ayeh scream? Ayeh mekom kebodo. Hashem, where is the place of glory? That's when you fall into a place which is so far from Hashem, you think Hashem is not there, right? But the fact that you're screaming, Hashem, where are you? Is proof that you believe that Hashem is next to you. Yeah, it, it, it it's exists. Yeah, it's... it's exactly this concept. It's this idea that you believe that you have a way back. This idea that you believe and you're searching for a way back even after you fall is the reparation in itself. Whatever happens afterwards, not your problem. That is the reparation, the scream, the belief, the emunah that Hashem is right there. We can't even, under, we can't even begin to understand this because we, we understand this entirely because we go through this all the time. But we can't even understand the effects that this does up there when we constantly search for Hashem, low, high. This is everything. Rabbi is explaining the secret to life right now because a person 
you always do that if you're going like this. Pick yourself back up after those moments. Those picking back up. Those picking back up. All those descents that you went like this for the past 25 years, let's say you're irreligious, is that you came to the dark place, right? The second you pick yourself back up and you start to begin to find yourself and you say, Hashem, I'm searching for you, all those descents end up being lifted back up. It, it reciprocates. The fall doesn't go like this, it doesn't look like this anymore, it looks like this. Kind of understand the effect. And the Rebbe continues. This person, didn't, this tzaddik, didn't hear any reinforcement from any single person. Therefore, one who wants, let's say, he has chatzon, one who wants to enter into the service of Hashem, he's called to say, remember this very good, very well. Remember this carefully. Hold on to yourself very much. Do what you can in serving God. As many days and years go on, it's certain that you're going to enter into the, into, um, into this path, into the, the service of Hashem, and Hashem is going to help you. And with the help of Hashem, you're going to enter into the gates of holiness as long as you hold yourself up. Because Hashem is full of mercy and He wants our service very much. All the movements and shifts that we detach ourselves from the physicality of this world into the service of God. All those little movements that we make, detaching ourselves from physicality, moving from bad to doing good, they gather in, they join in, they tie themselves, and they come to help you at your time of need. Which is at a time where you're very far, you're in a serious trouble, whatever it can be. All those movements and shifts that you make from the physical world into the spiritual realm, they all come and they all testify for you for good. Huge. That is whenever a person suffers from a, a very pressing and uh, a time of trouble. They all come to him at this time of need. And this is the phrase I was telling you about. That Rabbeinu um, was, this is a, a phrase that never been heard before. No. Person must cross a very narrow bridge. Meod meod. A very, very narrow bridge. The principle and the main idea is like this, the essential idea is like this. Sheloi not to fear. Because the fear in itself is what we were just saying. It's the, it's the depression. You believe that you're not moving close to Hashem. The second you don't fear it, the second you understand that it's actually all to get close. It's all for the purpose of getting close. This rejection is Hashem's way of showing you I love you. Just a weird way to show it, Nicole. Weird way to show it, Yeah, but we can understand it. It's perfectly genius because Hashem knows his exact thing. There's a reason also. 100% reason. It's, it's everything Hashem... He knows everything, you know, and it's exactly to get us close to you, to go close to Hashem. Very, very narrow bridge. This is the, one of the most famous lines in all of God's Torah. The world's a very narrow bridge, but the main thing is not to be afraid. Very, very narrow bridge. Who walks a narrow bridge and doesn't fall? And not only a narrow bridge, a very, very narrow bridge. Could be this wide. Yeah. You're falling. You're falling. 100% falling. But to know that you're going to fall, that's fine. What I'm going to say is don't be afraid. Because the second you're afraid of falling, the second you realize when you fall, that's when you, you fall all the time. 
The fall comes how you react after the fall. That's the real fall. Because that's your decision. That's in your hands. The fall is really the fall. The fall isn't the fall at all. Or what we think of as the fall. The fall is the reaction of the fall. Or the fall. That's huge. That's actually huge. Everything we go through is completely in Hashem's hands. And Hashem has a way of manipulating things that, you know what I mean? For years you were far from the gate of holiness. But on your... For a reason. When you're 60 years old, you have a thought of Juba. And it sparks at something. It's the craziest thing ever. It's a gift. The fact that... Forget age for a second. Each and every person, no one knows what happened up there, but it's our job to do what we can. Hashem put you in a certain place at a certain time and He gave you the difficulty that you, because He knows that. You know what I mean? He knows that you are going through this difficult time. You grew up in this place, you're religious, this, that, from far from Hashem. And you only discovered Hashem when you were 30 years old. 40 years old, 50 years old. That discovery is Mira Shalani. Just like the past 30 years were. It's not your fault where you grew up. But the second you realize you want to enter Hashem, now it's in your hands to react in the proper manner whenever you experience those falls. Because they're going to show you rejection. The second person starts doing something, it's not easy. Rashi says, All the beginnings are difficult. This is a fundamental thing in Torah. No one teaches this. And this, back then, imagine the time. Imagine how big about Kiddush was when he's teaching things like this. Because back then, it was all very... Like this. Black and white. Black and white. You know what I mean? If you're not sending to have a fall, if you're not doing this, it's like this. Breast were suffering for years, getting rocks thrown at them. And Aminatan's mikveh clothing was getting stolen while he was dipping in the mikveh. People would take his clothing and throw them out of the, into the streets. Uh, his wife was getting thrown stones at him. Why? Because he decided that he knew this was a man. You have to go through things that we can't even imagine in this world. You know what I mean? A person goes through a very narrow bridge. The world's a narrow bridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? This decision, this decision, who knows, you know, I mean, confusion, this, that, and then you fall, and then you don't know how to pick yourself back up. This is a very narrow bridge. The main thing is to understand that you know you're going to fall. But what? Don't be afraid. Because the main test is how you pick yourself back up after that. To know that Hashem still wants you. To know that Hashem is still there and He's waiting for you to make another movement. It's to continue moving, doing the thing that we're doing, even if we fall. Now, obviously, it's not the want to fall, Hashem, that's just twisted. We don't want to fall. We want to get close. And by force that we have to go through these nephilot, these falls, these descents. How do we react? Vida. This is a parable that, I was, that we were talking about earlier. This is very unique. I don't know what it means at all. There's a tree. And on the street grow many leaves. Or leaves. Each and every leaf takes a hundred years to grow. This is found in the nobles, in the orchards of the noblemen. These trees. They're very special leaves. It's only found with people who have very big statuses. They call these trees 100 years. And most likely, when it grows to 100 years, after 100 years, it's certain that it's already experienced a journey of what we can't even imagine. It's it went through this process of whatever it did. Each and every leaf according to the way it went. Each and every person according to the way he goes. And afterwards, at the end of these hundred years, it shoots out a, a blasting voice, a great voice, like a cannon. 
It screams from the bottom of its uh, roots. <laughs> Who knows? Shekorin Ormatia. They call this canon an Ormatia. Right? Everything in this in this parable uh, is so deep we can't even begin to understand. But in Yiddish, they call this canon Ormatia. Ormatia, whatever that means. Meet canon in Yiddish. Okay. Understand this parable very well. Craziest thing because I don't even understand. <laughs> I don't understand exactly one excerpt. So I can say it like this: Hashem just sent me something. Ilan is a person. A tree is a person. Because man is the tree of the field. It's in Bereshit. This could be a reference to someone who. I don't know what leaves are in this parable. That's the but issue. a person goes through a hundred years of maturing. Each and every year. year. But what's what's no, a leaf? The usually leaves they are falling every season. Correct. But the falling re- reverts to growing afterwards. Yes. yes. There's times you fall, there's times it's you grow. It's not really a... What? They are falling and they are not getting back. New ones are growing. New ones. Those but you're a new person. seem that the same are growing. But he's saying each leaf goes through something. Each leaf, it, it's gone through something. Rabbeinu would have said, Rabbeinu wouldn't say each leaf is going through something over the hundred years if it's not the same leaf. See what I'm saying? Meaning the leaf falls, a new leaf grows, but it's actually the same leaf. Person grows, a person falls. The tree has things that fall off it. Sometimes you do things wrong with this limb. Sometimes you do things wrong with this limb. You feel like with your mind, you know? Oh. You get a new thing. Maybe they fall, they grow, they fall, they grow. But the tree, it stays always there huh. and it's growing and it's going up. Huh. It's going to help to... <laughs> yes. These could be thoughts. I don't know. We can interpret this in many ways. That I, I'm sure someone who really knows Rabenu yeah, yeah, could yeah. look at this and say, "Why does Rabenu speak about a leaf? Why does Rabenu? Why does Rabbi Nathan call his book Alim Neitrufa, the leaves of healing? Letters to his son and former Yitzchakut. Leaves, leaves of healing. Pages of healing. Letters of healing. Words of healing." So we need healing. Right. The Torah is compared yeah. to a tree or so. Torah is compared to man. I know man is compared to a tree. Maybe Torah. I don't know. I, I know how they don't bring the parable. Man is compared to a tree all the time. Mm. Okay. So it makes sense. That's, that's the Alim is interesting. The leaves that are. Leaves, leaves can be something regardless of that. It takes 100 years to mature, meaning <laughs> year after year after year. You go through whatever you go through. You go through experiences, no one can tell you what you went through. At the end of 100 years, you have a life story that no one can ever experience in their lives. You know what I mean? Right, because it's too many variables to, to match on another off chance. Yeah, yeah. a sentence falls. No one will ever go through, even in the, exactly one day, what you went through. Uh, right. In the same thing. No one. You can spend the same day with the same person, the exact same thing, and you'll go through something completely different than you. Because no one's on the same level, also. It's certain that he goes through what he goes through. This person, this leaf goes through an experience that no one can, can tell you what it went through. 
end of these hundred years. I don't know why he chooses a hundred years though. So it's very interesting. Why hundred? It's for sure a reason. Hundred percent reason. Probably a hundred reasons. Maybe that's something. Don't read it. What? But rather a hundred. There's, there's something very unique about that. There's a phrase in the Gemara that that says um, something like this, but I don't know what it has to do with that. But he shoots out a big voice, like a cannon. Shoots out a big voice. And they call this Ormatia. In Yiddish, a cannon. Why, why do we bring that word in Yiddish? We know what the word in Hebrew means. Why do we need it in Yiddish, first off? Which means in the Yiddish, there's letters and things that are decent to us. But why give the entire Torah in Hebrew in one word? Yeah. Maybe at that time the word Canaan was not uh, in Hebrew, I don't know. It's possible. But obviously when Rabbanu is using a word in Yiddish, and especially in quotes like this, there's something deep about the words that he's bringing. Meaning even in the Yiddish, why in the Petek does he bring a phrase in Yiddish completely? Rather than the entire thing is Hebrew. Uh, my fire will burn, the Mashiach's coming is in Yiddish, not in Hebrew in the Petek. Why? Because there's letters and things, thing. there's something there, a kavanah there that cannot be written in the Hebrew word. Or it needs the Yiddish here, this specific example. Or Mati. I don't know what, but something to look at. The Aven and Shalitif understand this parable very well. It seems like the story of our life. I don't know how, but this but is what telling us to understand the parable well. It's because there has to be a way to understand it. 100%. I'm sure if we were to look at something else, if we were to take the parables, or the, the subject of each and every single thing in this parable, which is a tree, a leaf, a cannon, a hun- what a hundred is, you know what I mean? Uh, reasons for growing, all, all these things. If we were to look into Rabbeinu's work, we'd find all the answers. Obviously, I don't have that, that expertise in, in Rabbeinu's yeah. work to know all this stuff. So, and what is the, the orchards of the nobleman? That's the craziest thing ever. <laughs> but why do these trees only grow in the... No- in the orchard of the nobleman. Maybe because what's Sarim? Sar is an officer. You know what's Sar? Why was Israel, Yaakov, named Israel? Because you fought with an angel of God. Sarita. Why is it found in the orchard of the nobleman? Sarim. It's not really nobleman. It's in, it's in the orchard of those who fight. These trees that grow and take 100 years to mature can only build up to 100 years of maturing only because you fight for 100 years. If you stay in the same place, you won't have a tree this big of 100 years. Mm-hmm. You'll have a tree this big. Yeah. And at that point, it's not for people who deserve a, people who fight. It's for people who are weak. These are only found in the orchards of people who fight. These trees. Who knows? No, it's fitting for a person. A person must go with what is said in the Torah. I was sing to Hashem with my little bit, which speaks about what? To search, to seek out, to find within himself a single merit or a single good point. With that little good that you find within yourself, that's purely good, you'll be happy and strengthen yourself. And you won't regress from your place. You won't allow yourself to be thrown off by the rejection. 
even if he fell to what he fell, God forbid. Strengthen yourself with a little good that you still find. Remember, says a person can only do tshuva when he does this. To do true tshuva, which is what we were just saying, only when you find the good. Mm-hmm. You cannot do tshuva except if you find the good. Not only Rabbeinu says that when you find the good in others, accept them to do tshuva. Rabbeinu opens up the Hashem opens up the hand to accept these people to do tshuva. Even a rasha gamur, a very far person, you have to find good points in that person. It doesn't mean to judge the bad that he does good, right? because the bad is the bad. No, but find the good that he does. Find the good that he does. This evil person said hi to uh, the storekeeper. Make a make a big deal about that hi to Hashem's mouth. Tell Hashem, Hashem, look at the hi he said. Not only did he say it with uh, he smiled, he smiled, he, he did hand motions, you know, whatever it was, and he was in a rush, you know. When you do that. You accept, you allow this person to do tshuva. Because Rabbeinu says the only way to do tshuva is through this. Lechol hazdonot yun asfin zechuyot. All these intentional sins that you do will be turned into mitzvot, merits. When you merit to find the good points within yourself, to pick yourself back up when you fall, which we were just talking about, not to let the rejection get to your head. Not to fall, lipol bedato, to fall in your head. To believe that there's a way back, to know that there's a way back, to know that there's a way back. And this, remember what happened to the Bashantov. We're literally done with the lesson. Four lines. Remember what happened to the Bashantov. May his um, may his merit, may the merit of the tzaddik be for blessing. Arayam, when he was on the sea to travel to Israel, when the Yitzhak went and attacked. What happened? Is, the story is very long. Right? It's a very famous story, but I think one of the things Avinu might be referring to here is where the Etzarah tells the Baal Shem Tov that if you decide to go to Eretz Yisrael, it's either you decide to throw off your child off board, mm-hmm. your child with his daughter. It's a famous story, mm-hmm. or throw off your books. There's a very famous story in how Chabad plays into that story. How? He somehow gets what he wants and yes. the other thing also. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's unique because Bashanto had so much, he was a revolutionary. He's the tzaddik of the generation, right? Uh, a tzaddik that had never been seen to the likes of Yarizad, you know what I mean? Bashanto. And he had written works that were Chidushim. He's the founder of Chasidut, right? So imagine the work that he's doing compared to everyone else. It's Chidushim and novelties that can can be replaced. And he's traveling with them to Israel to go meet the Ola Chaim, Rabbi Chaim ben Atta. And while he's on the way, the Yitzhakah says if he sees that if he's going to meet the Ola Chaim, they're going to bring him the Mashiach. To know if, he, if, he, if he had met him, wow. he never got there. And while he's on the way, the Yitzhakah says, you don't move further, Ola. It's under two things right now. You either throw your daughter on board. And then you can move forward. Move forward. Okay. Or you throw off your books. All your teachings for the past however many years you've been teaching, all those, that light that you need to spread to the world, it's your decision. What happened? <clears throat> the daughter sacrificed herself and said, I'm going off. So you can spread the light. Insane. She jumped off 
And then while she's off in the, in the thing, the Yetzara throws her off board, the, the Satan throws her off board. From the water, she starts screaming, Abba, take me out. And the Bashantov takes her out and asks her what happened. And she tells him that um, you need to throw off all your books because I see that I'm going to have a great grandson that's going mm -hmm. to be even bigger than you. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, that's... Or a grandson that's going to be bigger than you. I mean, so he threw off all the, all the books. And not only that, not only that, while he was traveling there, it got to the point where, even before this story, where the Yetzirah told the Bashanto, if you continue to go to Eretz Yisrael, I will take away all your knowledge of how to read. And who, the Yetzirah said this? The Bashanto, this is before this story. What how I could the Yetzirah have so much power to do this? Because he was act. such a G, yeah. You have to. You, there's a lot of. Uh, as much good, there's as much bad. Totally. So he said, okay, I'll go there as an ignoramus. I won't know how to read Alephbeth. And the Yetzirah took away his, his knowledge to the point where he couldn't even read a bracha. Didn't know how to pronounce Baucha Tashem. Crazy thing. So this is what it requires to be so strong. And Ahmed was saying, Remember the story of the Barshemto when he was on the sea when the Yitzhak hit his forces against him. Don't let anything get in your way to, to do a holy act. You know what I mean? Don't let the Yitzhak get in your way to think that you're no one. Do you. It's not your problem whether you fall, whether you forget the alphabet, whether you, you know what I mean, you lose all your books. Forget it. Just do you. From that story, you'll understand it. From all we what we just said. You understand until where a person must go until reinforcing himself not to give up. Not to give up on yourself, no matter what happens to you. The essential. To be happy with all that you can. And even through foolish acts. To make yourself like a fool. To do all sorts of foolish things, joking things, jumping, dancing. In order to get to Simcha. Which is a very great thing. <laughs> I don't know what to say. So, like, let me just go to hibernate and digest that. Because I'm going to need about eight months. Um, you know this is like uh, similar to uh, a story with Abinatan before you even met Valenu. Famous story that Rabbi Nathan um, was always searching for the tzaddik that he, that he wanted. A tzaddik that could lead him on a path to Allah Hashem, that he was searching for since his youth. Even when he was a kid, three or four, he was already asking questions that was leading him on a path to find the, the emet. You know, the truth. And he ended up becoming a student of one big tzaddik to another one. And he ended up getting to a place where he became a student of the Rabbi Levi Tzaddik, a big, big tzaddik. Rabbeinu praised the tzaddik very much to show you this great level of the tzaddik. That he was one of the only tzaddikim Rabbeinu really praised him, like specifically. And Rabbeinu praised him tremendously. And uh, this was before he met Rabbeinu, who was his student. He even wrote part of his sefer. He's a very big, famous tzaddik. Who's, who, this book is called Kedushan Levi. He wrote parts of the book, Kedushan Levi, Rabbi Nathan. And Rabbi Levi Tzaddik, Rabbi Nathan, called him Nasale, as a nickname, you know. Very close to this study. But even so, I mean, I still felt something missing. That 
final piece that's going to bring him over the edge, you know? Going to bring him the place he needs to be. And it came to a place where he was continuing to ask Hashem for this, to find his tzaddik. And he, one Saturday night, it was customary that they would do melale marka. And they used to spin the bottle for who would go buy the bread. So they landed on Aminatan. So Aminatan gets out of the house and he's starting to walk to the bagel, fact, the, the bagel foot spot to buy the, the bagels from Minat Amarka. What happens? While he's on the way, he's so upset. He's telling Hashem, Hashem I'm not here to buy bagels in this world. You know? I'm here to search for the truth. What happens? He takes a detour. He goes into the Bet Midrash, Bet Knesset, and he goes into the women's section and he starts reading Tehidim and crying. Crying, yeah, to hide himself from people he didn't want to see. Anyone. I see. It was already late at night, and stuff, you know, they didn't want to see anyone. But goes there and he starts crying at Daniel. And he falls asleep. And while he's sleeping, he has a dream. He's climbing one rung of a ladder at a time, and he falls. Another ladder, falls. Another point in the ladder, and he falls, and he gets higher and higher each and every time after he falls. The place where he gets climbs up, he's about to climb on the top of the ladder, and he's climbing, and he sees the face at the top of the ladder. And he sees the face, and he's a face he's never seen before. And the face is telling him, stay strong. You know what I mean? Don't fall. Hold on to yourself. Hold on to yourself, but don't fall. Uh, then he wakes up. Something of this sort. And after he wakes up, he doesn't know who the person is, and life goes on. A year, about a year later, they, he hears about a tzaddik named Rabbi Nachman coming to town. And he decides to go pay him a visit. The second he sees Rabbi he realizes who is that. It's the guy from the dream? The guy from the dream, that's on the ladder. It's his entire Torah. This entire... Because his entire life, he feels like he's falling. He's not getting the tzaddik he wants. He's not getting close to Rabbi according to the way he wants. He's crying, reading Tehidim. He has to go buy bagels. See what I'm saying? That's a fall for Rabbi Nachman. But he gets to the place where Rabbi is telling him, hold on to yourself. Because the entire point is not whether you fall a thousand times. But even after every fall, you're climbing higher and higher on the ladder. But once you hold on to yourself, I think he even fell at the end of the dream. He falls and he wakes up. Which comes to show you that Rabbi wasn't saying, he said, keep climbing, but hold on tight. I think that was the phrase. Not this idea of don't fall. Because you're going to fall. But hold on tight, because even when you fall, I, won't, I still need you to keep climbing. Keep climbing the rungs of the ladder, even after you fall. Because you're going to reach the top, it's just a matter of, keep wanting it. Well, I've been the same thing to Rabbi Nata. No matter what it falls a person goes through, because even time, sometimes... So person, even if you, sorry for cutting you off, so even if you fall, um, and so you're going up the ladder, but you're saying that even when you fall, the falling, or so to speak in this example, the feeling rejected and far from Hashem is actually getting closer. So if you take that, maybe it's, if you were to fall off a ladder, you would go down. So maybe it's not a fall, maybe it's just a slip, because in the dream, Ryan was telling him, just hold on. So maybe he's on the ladder, and holding on and slipping, but he's not falling because if he would have fell, he would have went down. Since he's going up, or since he's repairing what there is at that state, maybe instead of a fall, I like to say, I would like to think slip 
instead of fault. It's, I know it's, it's not considered I know it's a small I know. thing. What I, it's not considered a fault. Meaning, according to the... we always say fall, fall, fall. It's actually so negative. We're always saying we're you're falling. Right. We're not falling. We're just slipping. Well, maybe we didn't fall. It's not a slip at all. In fact, it's actually all getting close. Maybe it's not even a slip. Let's, let's retranslate this inner meaning of fall as... Yeah, it makes right, it a fall thing, because it's not right in the end method at all. I mean, like, Hashem doesn't want us to break Shabbat, Chazal Shalom, right? Sometimes a person just starting to keep Shabbat, it, it happens that he falls, right? It's tough. Yeah. For him, what he's going through right now is because he has a desire to keep Shabbat, he has to go through this place where it's difficult. You know what I mean? Sometimes he doesn't, eventually, he doesn't keep it, but eventually he will. It's all to the journey to get to you to get to that place where you're doing it. This is it. It's just holding on because, yeah, they're considered falls until you understand and you believe that they're not a fall. Meaning they're falls unless you understand that that you're not falling. You're you're not falling. So, um, and this is what Rabbi uh, is teaching us in this lesson. So I think it's a, it is the one of the foundations of Rabbi Nusra. You could go over this lesson every day for 120 years, essentially. <laughs> That's the and, issue. Yeah, because this happens to a person every single moment. You know what I mean? All the time, uh, days, weeks, years of his life. You know, months, whatever it is. Person going through this. So it's, uh, it's definitely a Torah. It's honestly an insane lesson. Huge. It's everything. It's um, it's um, it's something to put a lot of thought into for sure.